0: been talking about being a part of Jesus' life, what he wanted for Christmas, but he couldn't tell us because we're so preoccupied. And now that Christmas is over, he wants us to take this time. His heart is that you would come close to him, so you would know what he's thinking and how he feels, so you would know him. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus We thank you so much that you're reaching out to us over and over again. We thank you that you're doing everything that you can to make it so that none would perish. We want to come in agreement with you today. We want to hear what you're thinking and see what you see. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So actually, just a few minutes ago, I was on my knees and... I wanna tell you what he's telling me to tell you. And he said his heart is broken, that we don't know him. We have this thinking that we wanna move in with him and we have no idea who he is, what's gonna happen when we leave our bodies. We have no idea and so we're really living foolishly. It's really silly not to get to know that person that you're going to move in with. It's crazy. Even he said in the natural, you get to know that person that you're going to move in with before you move in with them so that you can know that your every day your every hour your every moment is going to be okay. When my mom was moving from nursing home to nursing home, she couldn't find where she fit, where she wanted to be. Ultimately, her request was to go home and be with Jesus. But he told her she wasn't ready. There was something she didn't know about him, and that was that love is his most important law, and she had to forgive someone. And so, two things. She couldn't find a place to live here. She couldn't find that love that she needed. And then God taught her that love would be to forgive. And then she could come where she'd fit in, where she wanted to be. She felt Him. She she knew what His presence was like, and she wanted it. She wanted it so bad. She was in her 80s, it was time. But she couldn't go, not to heaven anyway, if she wouldn't forgive. His kindness, His gentleness. And that's what he's saying to us today. You can't know. You can't even come because you don't know me. You don't know my ways. We have to be in agreement before you can move in with me. Doesn't that make so much sense? We think that we know and understand things that we have no idea until we hear him speak to us. And so he, he wanted me to tell you that he wants you to cl- come close to him so he can share his feelings and his thoughts with you. And then James 4, 7 says, Be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize you have been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interests, and purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. You know, think about it. Your divided interests. We, we don't know even that we're divided, what we're interested in. My mom, she was in a lot of pain, not being able to find her place, feeling rejected, hurt. And so her unforgiveness took all of her energy Her interests wasn't the same as her father, and so she had to get that fixed. What she was feeling, what he was thinking were two different things. He knew that she wanted to come, and he was waiting for her to call out, come near to me and I'll come near to you. Come close to me and I'll come close to you. But he's not going to force himself on us. He waits for us. To get rid of that divided interest, she humbled herself. It says, As you draw near to God, be deeply sorrowful and grieve. Even weep over your disloyalty. When He shows you that unforgiveness is evil and it's not a part of Him, weep over it. Repent. Let your laughter be turned into grief and your mirth to dejection and heartful shame for your sins. Humble yourself feeling insignificant in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up and make your life significant. Humble yourself. I will forgive, Lord. I will. I want to. I want to be like you, but I need your help too. I can't do it without you. That's what he's saying. He can't. That's what you have to say to him. I can't do it. I humble myself before you. He kept bringing this to mind. Um, James 2.19 You believe that God is one. You do well. So do the demons believe and shudder in terror, such as to make a man's hair stand on end and contract the surface of his skin. Are you willing to be shown proof, your foolish, unproductive, spirituality-deficient fellow, that faith apart from good works is inactive and ineffective and worthless? And in verse um, 17, faith is not, also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience, to back it up is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. Someone will say to you, verse 18, you have faith and I have good works, now show me your alleged faith, apart from your good works, if you can, and I, by good works of obedience, will show you my faith. And so what he's saying is, you believe God is one, you do well. So do the demons believe. And they're afraid. But are we afraid of God? Do we have that fear? That fear of him? That honor for him? That we would take the time to know him? Do you honor God in your life? Or do you just assume things? Are you a part of his life? Do you care for him? So much so that you know that he hurts? That you know if you're separated from him or not? You know, when you are using someone, they eventually know that, and they're heartbroken, and that relationship ends. You know, Jesus knows if we're using him, if we want something from him, and we're just doing works, maybe, to get to heaven. But what did Jesus say about that in verse Matthew seven twenty one through 23, in verse 22? He said, many are going to say, but Lord, I did this and I did that. What well, they're saying is, I didn't really care about you. I didn't know what to do. So I just did this to get by. I did that to get by." And then he's going to say, but I didn't know you, away from me, you who practice lawlessness. See, you can't know his law unless you know him. And it all stems from your obedience to him. If you love me, you'll obey me, and I'll show myself to you. If you come near to me, I'll come near to you. If you humble yourself, Before me, I'll recognize your humility, and I will show myself to you. He doesn't recognize you if you haven't come before him and humbled yourself and sought him out. How are you going to go move in with him when you don't know him? You don't know what it's going to be like. Not everybody who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father. And you can't know his will unless you know him, unless you've gotten to know him. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is your connection. He's the one you got to get to know. He's the one that you have a relationship with in order to have eternal life. He's the one you come in agreement with. You know, when you get married, you've decided to be in agreement. And if you're the man and your wife asks you to take off your shoes at the door, you don't just disregard what she said because you love her and you want to please her. And not only will you do that for her and more, she does for you. She makes your meals, she washes your clothes. You have a relationship, you have an agreement going on. And when you moved in together, you had already decided if she squeezes a toothpaste the wrong way, it's not gonna bother you. If she asks you to take off your shoes, you will, because you've been to her house and that's what she does, you know. You know her. You spend time with her. And she, you, she knows all your habits. And the ones she can deal with and the ones she can't. If you can't deal with Jesus' way, if you can't deal with that love and the things that he wants for you. And, you know, just to say, too, the things Jesus wants, well, let me finish my sentence, and you're not going to move in with Him then you're not going to move in with him, right? If you're not in agreement with him, you're not going to move in with him. Now, what I was going to say is the things that Jesus is asking you to do and not do are for your good, for your health, for your well-being. I know the plans I have for you, say the Lord, for your good, for your well-being, not for your harm. So things he's asking you not to do are for your good. Even taking your shoes off at the door are for your good. You don't have to go through all the trouble of getting the carpets cleaned and scrubbing the floor every time somebody walks in and out. It's, it's less work. When you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, and you come in agreement with him, and you just decide to humble yourself and do what he said, because you trust him, it's, it's for your good. He doesn't want you in bondage, depressed, sick, worn out with worry. So he says, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. I'm, I'm going to supply that. Your father knows what you need. Don't lie. It's sin. It's going to separate you from God. It's going to open the door for the enemy to bring bad things into your life, like sickness, disease, sorrow, pain, depression, addictions. The only thing you want to be addicted to is Jesus, and you will be. You will fall in love with him if you take the time to get to know him. And he longs for you to give him that chance, that you would get to know him and know. You'll only know about him when you get to know him. You'll only know who he is. By just sitting with him and getting to know him and then Revelation 319 he said he corrects those he loves and so when you let him correct you you're going to get to know him even more you're going to know what he is thinking you're going to know why he's correcting you and know that that correction is for your good and so when you ask Jesus come live on the inside of you then you're going to teach he's going to teach you right away what's good and what's not and if you don't oblige him, then you can't live with him because you're not in agreement with him. You're in agreement, really, with the enemy. Hell wasn't meant for us. It was for the enemy and his angels. And so you have two choices. Either you're going to oblige the enemy or Jesus. And the enemy has people thinking Jesus is trying to take things away from them, What really Jesus is trying to save you from damnation, from hell. And He wants good for you. And He's not taking away anything bad for you. And if you give Him the time of day, if you get to know Him, He'll show you why He's saying no or why He's saying yes. And then you'll see, wow, He loves me. He protected me. He's telling me things to come. Right now He's telling you if you're not in agreement with Him, you can't live with Him. Before, maybe you are just thinking, oh, He loves us. Everybody goes to heaven. He forgave us. True. He loves you, but not everybody moves in with Him because not everyone's in agreement with Him. Yes, He forgives you, but if you believe He forgives you, then you're going to come in agreement with Him. If you believe in Him, then you're going to trust Him and live His way. So moving back to that place we started, what Jesus wanted for His birthday, He's in love with us and it is His heart that none would perish. And so he's asking us to be a part of his life, to make that dream come true, the Father's dream, that none would perish, not like in the day of Noah. There were hardly any on the ark. And he's coming, and he's grieving already for those who will perish. But it's not as well. And so what he's saying to us today is, if you come to know me, You'll find out, I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm your Savior. Get on the ship. Because I'm coming. Be a part of my life and tell everyone what you know. Take the time to know Him. And then tell everyone, He is good. The Lord has come. He's in love with us. We've been tricked this long. Repent. Get on your knees. Read the Word. He is His Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is God. When you ask Him to come live on the inside of you, you have His Spirit living on the inside of you. If you heed His voice, Revelation 3.20, He said He would come and live on the inside of you. And verse 19, He would correct you, because He loves you. He's going to teach you tell you things to come warn you submit to him submit to him come close to him and he'll come close to you he's not going to force himself on you he's not going to force you to go to heaven he's not going to put that pressure on you he wants good for you and he's giving you a choice that's love when you love someone, someone set, set them free. He, he's setting you free. You make the choice. But please don't make the choice until you've given him a chance to know him. Because I know once you know him, you're going to fall in love with him, and he will be your forever love. And you will want to do anything he tells you to do because you know he's looking out for you. You know he knows things you don't know, but he wants you to know. And once he gives you that wisdom, James says we can ask for wisdom, he gives to all liberally without fault find, finding. And once you know the reasons, it's going to make so much sense to you that he's looking out for you just like you look out for your children. He's trying to look out for you. He's warning you. He's coming and he's coming soon. Hurry up. Make your choice. Because if you don't make a choice, you made a choice. And that, that's not him. Right? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you and praise you for the truth that you've just given us. We thank you that you are looking out for us, that you're teaching us. Continue to correct us, Lord. We're asking you to come and live on the inside of us and instruct us. Convict, convince us of your way and that it's good. Prepare us for that day. And prepare us to go out and be that voice for you. To tell those who don't know you who you are and that you're coming. Help us to be that living example of love like you are. Do and say only what the Father would do and say. Recreate us in your likeness, we give you praise. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. So don't use Jesus to think that you can get to heaven that way. But have an intimate relationship with him. Find out what he's thinking and care about what he's thinking and know that he is long-suffering as he waits for us to get ready and as he sees all the suffering in the world. It's not his will that one should perish. Only the Father knows the day and the time. And when he tells Jesus to go, he's going to go. And we have to be ready. We have to be ready. Just as a bride gets ready for her groom, we have to get ready for Jesus. We are the bride of Christ. And so look to him. Don't be fake. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be religious. But know. Know Jesus. Know him. Know what he's thinking. Take the time. All the things you're doing with your time now that don't pertain to getting to know Jesus is just going to be a waste anyway, and it's going to cause you to miss him. And I'll leave you with that thought. Don't waste your time here that he's giving you to get ready. And on that day, him say, well, I didn't know you. And that's not what I told you to do. But Lord, I did this, I did that. Is that what he told you to do? Or are you just being religious? Are you practicing lawlessness, thinking you're doing what you need to do? Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.